Welcome back to another Full Metal RPG episode 46. I'm here with my co-host, partner in crime, Brendan Carrion. What's up, Brendan? What up, Adam? I'm doing well, man. How you doing? Doing all right. And we are joined by an extra special guest today, the notorious Chris Zach. How you doing? What's up, sir? Thank you for having me, gents. Notorious. Notorious. Notorious AF. Notorious. That's right. That's right. Conor McGregor and everything, man. Yeah, there you go. Some Duran Duran shit. Dude, so if... You <laughs> we're going we're gonna to call you all kinds of superlatives. I want to get, like, fucking chokeholded out. <laughs> <laughs> Chris, Chris uh, MMAs. He MMAs, motherfuckers. He, like, fucking does the... the he does the, the, the chokeholds It's no shit. joke. I saw him kill a guy in the parking lot on the way in. It was <laughs> fucked up. That's how rumors are started, gentlemen. Uh, so if you're not familiar with uh, our, our buddy Chris, he played Giovanni Chronicles with me for a little bit, um, and did you play anything else or just Giovanni Chronicles? Just Giovanni Chronicles. Just Giovanni played Chronicles. Uh, one Lamentations of the Flame Princess session. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah that was a good time. A Death Frost Doom, no less. Yes, sir. And um, and he is very active in the online White Wolf community. And so we've asked him to come on today and to rap with us for a little bit about that shit. Indeed, we have. So our first segment up is, what have you been playing recently? So what have you been playing recently, Chris? Yeah, Chris, what have you been playing, dude? No pressure. Uh, all on our channel, I just wrapped up uh, a Sabat game I was running, Vampire the Masquerade Wars on Fire. That was pretty fun. Had a real kind of trippy epilogue session where I was trying to storytell a peyote scene, kind of using peyote as a catalyst for the player characters to convert from the humanity system to a path. I just instead of just you know saying oh you're being taught and one day you just get it I wanted to have something dramatic. I hope you LARPed that. Totally, you know it was Jim Morrison in it, but my wife got a little you know teed off about it, but you know it was worth it all just for the tell story. Her, I am the Lizard King. I, I am the Lizard anything. King. But uh, that yeah. sounds that sounds really good, man. How did it go? It went well. It went surprisingly well. But I was it was one of those sessions where I was exhausted afterwards because I felt like I had thought put so much thought into it and then when you're in the middle of doing this and the whole time you're wondering is this gonna like bomb are my players gonna look at me and be like oh uh you know not get into it thankfully that wasn't the case you know and they kind of just took all the lessons they learned in the 11 sessions that we had and then backstory as a mortal and they kind of used it as that final like step into the evolution of becoming a canine and it was a you know it was very Satisfying, but exhausting. Exhausting. But that sounds fucking amazing. That sounds like the quintessential Vampire the Masquerade experience, dude. Oh, you know, I can't. I can't. It, it, it was. It was all the players, you know. And, and you know, I'm not going to push our stuff or whatever. But uh, the players really went to that game, uh, and just made me have to like step up to them. You know what I mean? They made me have to step up, and hopefully I did, and hopefully they enjoyed it. But it was. It was fun. So did that, and then I'm playing in a changeling lost game called Vanity. Uh, new system I've never played in before. Believe it or not, though, I think it's probably the most horrific, you know, World of Darkness game in uh, One World of Darkness or Chronicle of Darkness. Just a just a game that has really real real world implications, you know, and takes very real world issues that people deal with daily. And it's been fun, you know. So uh, just doing those two, 
having this a blast. Is, this is your first time doing Chronicles of Darkness, right? Because you're like a classic World of Darkness guy, right? Uh, I ran a blue book Chronicles of Darkness game called Ultimate Evil, but right, yeah, 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 and that was fun. I mean, because the freedom that you have in there, you know, no canon and just doing whatever you want, and um, you know, we'll, we could probably talk about that later. It's probably one of the close the games I ran that's closest to my heart because there's a lot of real world inspirations that I put into there. Uh, but this is the first like supernatural one that I've ran. And uh, man, it's it's an amazing, amazing um, setting. So I'm really enjoying it. And that, and that's Changeling: The Lost. You're doing first or second edition on that? First edition. I back second edition. I backed that shit like, like five minutes, man. I was all on that. Like you know, the, the, they got my money. Just take my money and send me the book whenever you get it done. Right on. <laughs> yeah, I love Changeling. I have a full collection of that, and I ran it for a while. It was a fun game. I really, it's dark and it's got the whole. You know, you're a victim of abuse and PTSD and all of that stuff going through it, kind of running through it, these black veins. It's, it's, it is tragic and terrifying. Yeah. It's definitely not the dreaming, changing the dreaming mm-hmm. at all, you know? Well, yeah, right. And, and that's, and that's probably a good thing in a certain way. Um, for sure. I know there's a lot of people who really love changing the dreaming, but I think that changing the lost was the actualization of what that game could be you know mm-hmm. i mean it, the changing the dreaming was always kind of like what is this like we're doing elves and shit like <laughs> like uh but 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 really making it about like fairy stories and not kind of like oh it's cute little pixies and shit but like fucking the otherworldly strange creatures that are like fucking with your life right you know what I'm kidnappings and torture yeah. and yeah. Yeah, like you said, PTSD, and then trying to find you know uh, comfort in similar survivors like you who share all the same issues and who handle them differently. You know, so it's just a hodgepodge of madness, but it's awesome. Fucking rad. Fucking rad. Cool. Brendan, what have you been playing lately? Well, Adam, since you asked, um, so we are do our Friday night role playing club, mm-hmm. and as you know, my my lamentations of the Flame Princess game wrapped uh, the previous uh, session. And so I told the guys, oh, let's do Vampire the Masquerade 2nd Edition. And so I was kind of like, I was thinking about like what I wanted to do, like what I wanted to do with it. And I had this idea for a story. And uh, the more I was kind of like dwelling on it, like the particulars of the story, I was like, it doesn't, doesn't really work very well for Masquerade. Like Masquerade has many delightful things going for it. And if you want to interact with those things, like it's a great system. But on some level... And this goes back to that divide between the Chronicles of Darkness stuff and the World of Darkness stuff is if you want to, if you've got a particular idea for a game and and those like proper nouns and stuff are going to get in the way of it, you don't want to focus on that. You want to focus on the story. Then the Chronicles of Darkness stuff is just better. And I had an idea for, uh, like, again, you know, because it's me. It's like I always do the fucking same thing. Um, I want to do a horror game. I want to have a really intense crime aspect to it. And <clears throat> I kind of thought to myself, well, this would be, like, a really great opportunity to do, like, the sequel to Black Blood that I talked about way back in 2015, which is the game that I ran at that uh, Tempe Iron GM that I won at Game Depot. And I was like, I want to do Chapter 2. Um what happens like after the events in black blood and then i was like well shit i guess i better run that as chronicles of darkness because chronicles of darkness would be better for it and then i was like and then to really get the feel of what happens in the second half of black blood i'll run the first half too i'll run that so the first two three sessions are going to be uh the first episode of black blood and then the second three sessions are going to be what happens after that and i'm really stoked because like i said in that wrap up on that game um 
what was so cool about it is that I had started out writing that as a novel and then I got to this point where I felt like the characters were not being true to who they were and like as the author I was like pushing them as dictating their actions in this different direction it was amazing to just watch people in a scenario take that in their own direction and what I'm excited to see is what happens in part two I really I mean because at this point I really don't really know I have a bunch of characters and stuff that I'm like interested in seeing the player characters like kind of ping pong off of but um I don't really know what's going to happen and so I'm very excited for that i'm very excited to see where it goes um so i'm stoked about that that's uh we're not going to be playing on friday the yeah. 30th because nope. it's good friday so it's good friday they the close st- early stores, so. stores closing early They're, uh dave and patty are catholics so um we uh won't be ma- meeting but we will be meeting on what what's the next one like the 13th 13th yeah april 13th so friday the 13th it is friday the 13th uh, <laughs> so come down uh tempe arizona and uh check out uh, us at Full Miller RPG Roll Friday Night Role Playing Club. Check out some uh, World Darkness. Adam, what about you, buddy? I have been running Mutineer Zero. So um, I talked about last time how I wanted to do more stuff with the arc. Um, my my stalker player or my uh, my uh, that sounds interesting. Stalker player. <laughs> yeah, when you well, put it like that, dude. My player the, who is who is also my stalker. Oh well, no, it's the it's the um it's not it's like because there's stalker call of Pripyat, but it's essentially the. The character archetype that's the one that goes out and finds their way through the zone. Um, he wasn't there. So they didn't have any way to safely navigate the zone. So they didn't have any way that they could leave the arc. So uh, we had to do an entirely arc focused um, game. And so I had some ideas about what I was going to do with it. And then what happened was we had a new player join us. Um, he actually rolled up the mutation that I wanted to use to kick off the events that were going to happen in the arc. So I had to switch gears. Um, and uh, they drew a card that was like the outsiders and it's this other mutants come to them who are looking like healthy and well-fed and asked to come into the ark and they volunteered to take people back to their ark. And so um, they didn't let them in. They wouldn't let them come in. And really, yeah. And they said, you know, we don't feel comfortable with you guys coming in here because we don't think we can defend ourselves. And so I had them leave. And then one of the enforcer guys, one who works for one of the bosses, who's been kind of an antagonist to the players. He's like, I'm going to go follow these guys and like put the herd on them and find out what they're actually about. And the player character was like, yeah, go ahead. That sounds like a great plan. <laughs> and so he left. And, and uh, what happened was um, their new player was playing a dog handler. He actually went out to follow them and, and they met up with another group of people. And the guys like they said, they couldn't defend themselves. And they were like, yeah, that's what they said. And, and it was these guys in armor with guns and stuff. And they were like, okay, great. <laughs> and uh, and so he ran back to tell everybody. The enforcer guys then rolled in because they took them longer to find them and got captured and tortured by these guys who gathered all the information about their arc and what their defenses were. And then they came and attacked them. And so there's a system in there for how you resolve battles between two forces. Well, they ended up actually winning, but they only won by a marginal amount. So then they got sieged. And so to break the siege, um, they went out back to that hospital that was full of all the ghouls. Um, they, they sent five of the, of the slaves out there to go like train these ghouls back into the enemy line to kill them. Um, so basically like uh, getting all of these slaves killed in the process um, and then driving the enemy off eventually. But uh, from here, they still have to go find their friend who, who's gone um who who they can't find he's still lost in the zone um and what's going to happen from here is i'm i'm queuing it up now for a slave revolt 
because they're essentially <laughs> just classic throwing these people's lives into this meat grinder um and their defenses are completely destroyed from this prolonged siege so i'm just going to have now to, uh, you know to to train that into like oh now there's a slave revolt that happens and like oh, that's cool. do you brutally put these people down and subjugate them again or do you like allow them to be free but fundamentally break the way that your arc works and now you have to struggle because these are the people who are doing all of the jobs in the arc that you don't want to sully your hands doing. Yeah, I thought it was kind of weird when you just sort of just introduced the idea that there were slaves in the Ark. Yeah. Like right away, I was like, what? There's slaves yeah, in the Ark? Yeah, there's slavery Jesus. in the Ark. It's like, oh, it's a Christ, dark that's... game. It's it's really messed up. And so far, we haven't really touched on that at all. They know they're slaves. They know that there's like, I've, I've made it clear that there's like sex slaves and underage sex slaves. And they're just kind of like, well, whatever. Like, I can use them to get comfort to like heal my my attribute damage, right? And I'm like, yeah. And they're like, okay, cool. And it's, it's very much <laughs> this transactional kind of experience like, yeah, so, i don't care they're like well whatever yeah it's gonna we're whatever. gonna try and see if we can ratchet it up to be a little bit darker i think i think i said this in previous episode i'm gonna say it again i think it's fascinating how um political this game is and not political meaning in the way kind of like vampire the masquerade or something where it's like there's a lot of npcs you got to barter with for influence and stuff but I just in the, the game be, is is like a little kind of terrarium of of political ecology mm-hmm <laughs> And you can actually do a lot of stuff about like philosophy and politics inside of that game. Yeah, like, it encourages you to make some really tough decisions it's too. Fucking fascinating! What a cool idea. So the stalker's gonna come back and yeah, and just, and just be like, "What is happening here?" <laughs> yeah. Um, so that's that's Michael, right? That's Michael Collette. Did, did, yeah. did, did, did he? Does he know that he missed all this shit? He knows that he missed the arc part. I mean, as soon as he listens to this, which he will before it comes out, he'll probably know the slave revolt is coming. So, mm-hmm. so sh- keep that under wraps. Yeah, keep, keep um, that under your hat, Michael. Yeah, keep that um, under your hat. Another question: anyone. Like, why don't the other listeners, well, the other players, listen to the podcast? I don't know. Oh, hashtag disappointments, hashtag sadness, hashtag tears. It's so hard to people listen to your, to your podcasts. Anyway, enough bellyache. Maybe they just don't want to spoil the game. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's yeah, probably That's it. clearly what it is. That's or they just they listen to me for like three hours a week and they don't want to listen to me anymore. So. <laughs> hashtag silver lining. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so <laughs> that's what we've been playing. What have people been buying? It's the consumerism part, the crass oh. consumerism part of the show. This is like having to sit and admit my addiction here, you know. Uh, yeah, but it's like you're. This isn't. This isn't really like addiction. This isn't like you're in group and you have to talk about like your your coin or mm-hmm. your relapse or anything. This is this is like when you're still a junkie and you're like. Oh man, I scored some sweet China white. <laughs> or it's like that scene in Half Baked where you're like, "Oh, I'm addicted to marijuana," and the one guy gets up and he's like, "Have you ever sucked dick for marijuana? <laughs> Boo this man!" <laughs> Bob Saget. Yeah, Bob Saget. Bob Saget. Danny. Um. So I didn't buy anything, but uh, I did get a copy of Happiest Apocalypse on Earth. Uh, nice. From Chris Gray in the mail, um, and so I was very stoked to receive that. Uh, I got the hardcover edition uh, now that his Kickstarter is all fulfilled. And, uh, oh, man, that book is so beautiful. It's, like, really well put together. Uh, Chris Gray, we actually have some audio of him that we're going to be putting out here in the next few weeks. 
uh, an interview I did with him. Actually, I swear to God, back in fucking Thanksgiving, and then just because of who I am and the way my life works, it hasn't it hasn't gotten to air yet. But we're gonna get it to air. And then I would also say, if you're a PBTA fan, or if you're just a fan of just very offbeat role playing, like like I think I think Happiest Apocalypse on Earth is probably best for one shots. But um, you could probably do a two or three session arc with it. Um, if you're just into that kind of strange role playing, um, highly recommend Happiest Apocalypse on Earth. The the whole like the core conceit of the game is that uh, it, you're a worker in a um, theme park, and that there's like something amiss in the theme park. That the theme park itself is almost kind of like a like an occult engine. And it takes it. It really t- kind of flips the script on the whole sort of like Disneyland experience of kind of like, oh, we're surrounded by all these soothing animatronics that make us feel good about like our lives, and it, and, it, and it kind of plays on the sort of like um, the undercurrent of like surreal imagery that uh, permeates those environments, and how and really how unbelievably strange they are in a certain way. And rather than tinting it with kind of like this consumerist rose-colored glasses, it it, it, it it puts paints it in the patina of like a world of darkness game where everything's very like creepy and and outlandish and um so you know um i think i'd like to get it to table probably before i before we review it here on the show and we release chris's audio so now i have the book in hand and i think we'll be able to do that so that's what i got cool i picked up uh hunters hunted 2 from onyx path oh indeed yeah yeah we're about to start a hunters hunter 2 game in april on our channel so i picked up the book um be perfectly blunt (laughs) i'm not a fan of pod's yeah yeah and and um (laughs) your face says it all i wish i i wish i had you it's a picture of you i'm I'm just gonna i'm just gonna be honest you know i think the whole you know, and did you I, pay for premium quality or yeah, standard I quality? For premium See, quality I got too. standard quality and yeah. was amazed at how bad it was. And no, I was no, like, is no, premium quality better? It's not. But it's no. not. Never pay for the premium. Even the special editions are the ones that you pay like the super high like pledge levels for at uh, on the, the White Wolf Kickstarters or the Onyx Path rather Kickstarters are not as good as a book you would have just bought off the shelf uh, back in the fucking 90s. And, and they were like, oh, yeah, let's print on demand. It's going to make it so amazing. And so it's like, it's like it's like you pay just as much, if not more, for a product that is of less quality. Yeah, that's what – I mean, I'm going to be fucking blunt. It pisses me off, you know. Yeah. I bought Mage 20th, the premium edition. It cost me $140 fucking dollars. Fuck that. Bought that oh, my shit. God. And – the cover you can tell almost feels like it's made of cardboard and like the binding's not aligned right so one cover sticks out a little bit so when i put it in my bookshelf and i've talked to you about my bookshelf that's like my baby you know it makes me yeah. feel smart i look at it it's, it sticks out a little bit it's not it's not flush and it and it's i got some bad news for you those covers are made of cardboard yeah it probably is and i'm just so tired of this expectation that us as consumers and i might go into this rant later on but like the, us as consumers and role-playing games we have to accept that print on demand is somehow the fucking standard now if you want my money like earn that money and mm-hmm. and i think that is yeah and i don't want to get into it too much Dude, but. No, no it's fine it is yeah. fine i think there really only is like one company that is of yeah. the like pro level that is expecting us to expect pod as right. the standard yeah. and we both we all know its name yeah. and yeah. uh yeah 
Uh, yeah, hopefully look, that changes. Yeah, hopefully. I mean, I, they're... This They've in- said they want to get back into stores, but man, it's like you talk to the stores that got burned by them back when they oh, like... Because there's man. a whole new crop, but all of the old school stores, they're just like, we want nothing to do with these guys. Like yeah. They're like, we'll stock them if it sells, but we don't really want anything to do with them. Like We've had such bad experiences with, with White Wolf in the past. What's so crazy is that, is that those stores are grinding their axe against the new White Wolf and right. even though those guys don't don't totally have new. it's the same yeah. name though yeah. it's still same the same they carrying the name forward yeah. is the issue well hopefully they can repair the reputation to be honest with you because I, I hope so it's a bummer when I have books that are 20 years old that I bought used on yeah. Amazon that are better quality than a book I spent 140 yeah but for. I mean you're gonna be burdened by your name you know what I mean yeah. it's like if I were to create a political party called the Khmer Rouge no one's going to give me a fair shot, right? They're going to be like, you're the, you're the Khmer Rouge. Well, we're a new thing. We're our own thing. People are going to be like, hey, but you're called the Khmer Rouge, right? And we're like, well, yeah, but that's not what we're about, man. It's not yeah. a battle, you know? Hopefully, I hope just for the good of the sake of the hobby that they're successful. You know, I don't have any kind of political bone in this or dog right. in the fight, but just for me being a consumer, I just hope that somehow they're able to repair that, you know? Yeah, I... I hope that they're able to produce a quality product. I hope they're able to get back into stores and I hope they stop listening to the loudest, most irritable part of their fan base because I don't right now. I I don't have a ton of hope just based off of what I've seen. Oh my God. Yeah. Um, well, well, let's save this for the main section. Yeah. Cause yeah, I, fe- I feel as though we, we will go down this rabbit Probably. hole again in the main section. So Adam, what about you, bud? Did you get anything good? I bought, Rogue Trader and Gorka Morka oh, on hoe. sale. Such a hoe. They were so cheap. I couldn't oh believe it. Oh, my God. Rogue Trader. Yeah, paperback, a, right? Yeah, paperback third printing, I think. The 1990 oh, printing. Uh, paperbacks, gorgeous. Gorka Morka books from the box set. Pretty awesome. Um, I backed tiny wastelands and that went off um so that will be getting to me eventually my beneath box arrived oh i got yeah. that yeah the homie yeah. justin soroyce actually reached out to me because i haven't uh i i guess i didn't fill out the pledge manager or whatever oh, nice. like a fucking like a fucking idiot so he's like he's like yo yeah you, you, do you want your stuff and i was like you know i actually do so um, hopefully I'll be getting a big box of Beneath stuff here cool. soon. Cool. I got well. an extra hardcover of the first Beneath, so I got to figure out what I'm going to do with that. So I guess stay tuned to the Instagrams. I'm waving my hand around here. It looks like Chris needs one. All right. All right. If you need one, we'll see what yeah. we can do because oh. I got an extra one now. But, um, but uh, <laughs> yeah, so I got that. And then um, I think, the, oh, uh star wars legion i picked that up today oh you son of a bitch did that you know? came out yeah so that's out oh, and i saw the infinity duck. rpg was out but i did not get that because i have spent enough money and i got enough bills coming up in the near future that need my attention so yeah I know, right? so uh infinity is gonna have to wait for me to look at it i saw it on the shelf i was like oh look there's the infinity rpg all right, well, I'll look at that later. I don't even want to look at it. I'm really stoked for that, and I'm hoping that um, there's a possibility that maybe like me, you, and Bailey or something could like all do a living campaign where we run like different parts of the inner sphere concurrently. I don't know. I've got all these all right. grandiose ideas, but like, fuck, who who has time? Anyway, <laughs> nobody, nobody. So yeah, that's what I've been buying. So um, 
I guess we're kind of at the midpoint. We soon, are. Right? It's intermission time. Did, did you want to uh, tell the the viewers about, or the listeners rather, about our sponsor, or should I? Why don't you go ahead and, and talk about our sponsor? Cool. Um. So, Fomel RPG is sponsored by Game Depot in Tempe, Arizona. Uh, Game Depot is a locally owned mom and pop store. It's a family-friendly, great place to play and to meet people and to hang out without getting like a hard sell or without uh, feeling like there's like a click. Uh, it's very inclusive. And um, we've gone to Game Depot for like literally like our whole lives. It's uh, our it, 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 it's a store that's in our blood. And we hope that, you know, here we are in this like new era of role-playing. There's a lot of stuff coming out and a lot of... A lot of new new games, new opportunities for people to play. We hope you'll come down to Tempe, Arizona. We hope you'll meet Dave and Patty at Game Depot. We hope that you'll get a game there, maybe pick up some product. Um, so we are very, very fortunate to be sponsored by them. And so we hope that uh, you will do them a good turn and visit them next time you are in Tempe, Arizona. That's Game Depot. All right. McClintock and Southern. McClintock and Southern, Tempe, Arizona. Well then, let's take a little quick break, and then uh, what happens then? Then we're going to come back for review time. <sighs> review o'clock. Okay, great. All right, see you in a few. Welcome back from that quick break. I'm Brennan Carrion, and if I sound a little different right now, it's because this is the second time we're recording this. Uh, after we came back from our break the last time, we had a little recording malfunction, and despite the fact that we recorded like about 40 minutes audio, stuff's all gone now, guys, in the sands of time. So, uh, Chris has been really generous, and he's meeting up with me once again right now. And uh, we're going to get you that review as promised. And we're going to talk about it a little bit and some of the stuff that Chris has going on. So thank you for listening. And uh, sorry about this kind of technical difficulty. Hope you enjoy the rest of the show. Without any further ado, here is Chris's review of Ghoul's Fatal Addiction for Vampire the Masquerade. Ghoul's Fatal Addiction is a source book written for the Vampire the Masquerade game line for White Wolf Publishing in 1997. White Wolf Publishing perhaps is mostly known for the World of Darkness game line. In Vampire the Masquerade, one of those games, players can have a retainer that is called a ghoul. Ghouls are normal mortals who are addicted to the blood of vampires, and thus addicted to the blood of the player characters. After three separate drinks of the blood, the ghouls fall in a supernatural love of sorts to where they are emotionally tied to the vampire. Some may knowingly do this, meaning some vampires may give the ghouls this blood, telling them that you will get power from this, but others are turned into ghouls against their will, where like a vampire will spike their drink or hide the fact that they are giving this mortal their blood. Perhaps the most familiar ghoul in vampire media is Renfield from Bram Stoker's Dracula. One awesome aspect of this book is that it gives rules to where now players, instead of just playing vampires... They can also play ghouls, and they give rules that allow that, which is which is one small aspect of that book, which makes it awesome. I discovered this book in the cold winter of 1999 in Bosnia, Herzegovina, of all places. 
Mind you, I didn't grow up with really a privileged life in America, and I kind of saw, you know, I was from a lower-income family, but I didn't really, truly see poverty and suffering until I went to Bosnia that cold winter. I saw people who were living in homes and, and that had gapping holes in the roof due to mortar rounds that landed through there or people who didn't have running water and who were working with americans just to get bottled water so i had it was a real surreal wake-up call for me at that time of my life where i kind of saw human suffering in real form and then i came across this book I had just recently been introduced, though, to Vampire the Masquerade game line. I was in the middle of attempting to run in a game that was just horrible in hindsight. I mean, not horrible, but I, it wasn't what I consider to be a Vampire the Masquerade game nowadays, many years later. This book that opened my eyes to what the real themes of Vampire the Masquerade were. Personal horror and being uncomfortable. And that really tied into the environment that I was reading the book in at the time. To this very day, whenever the question is asked, what is your favorite role-playing book, this book is the first answer I give right away. Forewarning, this book may make you feel uncomfortable with this writing and art. I'm not going to lie, to this very day, it pokes me at my core and makes me very uncomfortable. But I'm thankful for that, because it shows that Vampire the Masquerade is not a game where you play normal people. It's a game where you play monsters, who have the potential to live eternally in the nights of the future. If they happen to meet this potential... They will become more and more inhumane, and either through choice or inadvertently will ruin the lives of mortals that surround them. The pros. This book takes what is normally considered a stat on a character sheet and makes him into a living and breathing tragic figure. A lot of players tend to treat their ghouls as someone who will be their loyal guard and will do anything the player asks because they have an addiction to the vampire blood that the player gives them. The book, though, states otherwise. It says the very moment you give a person a single drop of your vampiric blood, they'll fundamentally be changed in their core and make you think you might want to think twice before having a ghoul retainer. The book in its own way makes the concept of ghouling someone to be tied to the real world. It explains how when a mortal first tastes vampire blood, it brings out the darker urges we have within us and makes them harder to control. It especially explains how their anger is harder to control and could lead them to blowing up the slightest little trigger imagine this an addict with anger control issues and a darker base to their personality that shit's scary isn't it this also makes you think are you sure you want someone to be totally in love with you do you want someone who will become jealous easily someone who can stalk you or make decisions that they feel are right for you you might want to think twice I know as a Vampire the Masquerade storyteller myself, I'm happy when someone decides to have a ghoul when they create a character because it adds layers upon layers to a story. The art in itself is also a pro because it sets a tone before you even read a single word. It is dark, it's disturbing, and it reminds you that this is not a game to be ran like other brighter fantasy games. This, folks, is a horror game. But the cons... It took me a moment to decide if I even want to count this as a con, but I feel I need to say it. While the artwork and the writing do add immense layers of tone to the book, the art could make it very easily to be put down by people who aren't comfortable with such things. The artwork is very heavy and S&M themed to it, and part of me wonders if the artwork in itself has led players to be unimaginative with their ghouls, thinking that every ghoul needs to be tormented 
with S and M acts and so on and so forth. And itself that it's almost the opposite of what the issue was before this book came out, where people just treat it treat it like a stat, and then the opposite could be people just see the artwork in here and think they can just treat their ghouls like garbage. And it's there were there the the truth is held and the happy medium between those two choices. Overall, I give Ghoul's Fatal Addiction a 5 out of 5. If you have played, want to play it, or just want to read a Vampire the Masquerade book, read this book. It's seriously so cheap online. You can get it used. You can get through drive through RPG. There's so many means to get it. Please, just get this book if you play Vampire the Masquerade and have not read it yet. Thank you. Right on, Chris. Thank you for that uh, review. We do appreciate it. I, I agree with you, man. Um... Ghoul's Fatal Addiction is just one of those top shelf fucking books, you know, uh, and I think it's instrumental to like any good Vampire the Masquerade collection. Um, it's definitely in my top five, definitely top five book must own, right? Yeah, I, I believe it's must own. I mean, it like fundamentally changed how I viewed Vampire the Masquerade, you know, like when I got into Ma- Vampire the Masquerade and was introduced to it, you know, movies like The Matrix were, like, the big thing. And I can't remember if Underworld was released yet or whatnot, but, like... No, Underworld came later. Yeah, it came later. But, like, you know, I mean, not to... You know, we've talked about this before one-on-one, but, you know, there's different ways you can run the game. But to me, that was the book where... if I don't think if I would... If I wouldn't have not have read Ghoul's Fatal Addiction... I would not have kept playing Vampire the Masquerade for like the year or so I did afterwards, nor would I have picked it up again. Like Ghoul's Fatal Addiction was like the book that made me realize like I like this game. Like this is like this is this is fun to role play. This is this is something that pulls someone who never was really into the fantasy role playing scene and made them want to like put down dots on a piece of paper and roll dice, you know. It it it, it called to me, I guess. I, I think um, that's a really interesting point of view because when you come from that background of like fantasy role playing and adventure role playing and stuff like that, there is a moment that's almost kind of like where you're, it's, it's a fundamental shift in how you perceive the game and what the game is about and like what it can be about in a certain way and what gaming is about and what it can be about, Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I have nothing but respect for for fantasy role playing games or for different types of role tabletop role playing games. You know, especially now that I'm o- older and I'm like kind of have been more educated because of folks like you. You know, who've kind of opened my eyes to other games and other scenes going on. It's just at that time in my life, you know, the things I was interested in was like um, horror fiction, you know, Anne Rice kind of fiction. Um, stuff like that, and I felt that Ghoul's Fatal Addiction kind of showed me this is a storyline that is horror-based, you know, and we are giving you resources to run a horror game if you choose so to do to do that. And and Ghoul's Fatal Addiction literally was a catalyst for me to run my first like quote-unquote horror vampire game, and it was the catalyst for what our channel and our actual place is known for. It's that same game that I started the first game that I ran, you know? So I love it. It's great. It's, uh, it's, I don't know if the new wave of like vampire players, I'm sure they know about it. I'm sure people know about ghouls, fatal addiction to people who play vampire now, but if you haven't, 
by any chance, and or if you've never even played Vampire and you just want to see like and you enjoy horror gaming, I would definitely suggest Ghoul's Fatal Addiction being one of the first like vampire books to read if that's the case. I know we talked about this before. I consider it my favorite all time Vampire the Masquerade book. I know that that might be a little um, high up there on some people's standards, but it just I, it's one of those things where it's like just the impact it had on me, you know, is why I hold it so high up there, you know, and and that's why I may continue to till you know I'm done playing this game. Well, I think Adam said that uh, Ghoulsville Addiction was in his top three best books, and I thought that that was a bit of a stretch personally, just because to me it's like you got to have the core book, and then you got to have the player's guide, and then there's got to be some other like room in there, you know. I always tell people if you want to get started in the game, you need the core book, the player's guide, and a clan book. That's why I always say. But you could always you could also sub in that sub out that clan book and put in a, just a source book. And in that case, like, I think that Ghouls would be a great kind of stepping stone game because, um, for instance, when Adam and I were on Tabletop Radio Hour, people, uh, Mark, our, our buddy Mark wrote in and he wanted to know about if you're planning on playing a really lore-heavy game like Vampire is, you know, how do you get started in that, you know? And it's kind of like, my, my advice to him was it's like eating the elephant, you know what I'm saying? You just do it one bite at a time. Uh, you don't try and just swallow the whole thing at once. And so, uh, if you're starting out humans, moving into ghouls, moving into vampires, that's like a re- that's a really good trajectory to sort of ease people into how to play vampire, right? Yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, yeah, that's an interesting take, you know, and, and it's actually something that we would probably be juggling with on our channel. We're talking about making the next arc in our main chronicle be a ghouls game where, like, the players will play ghouls instead of, like, vampires. But I think also, like, ghouls, fatal addiction, and ghouls in themselves are an awesome catalyst to show v- players playing vampires just how fucked up being a vampire is and how much of a negative impact that you have on people's lives inadvertently or on purpose and just basically can be really used as a tool for a storyteller to show these players like you are not good i mean not saying that to play something bad but in your core you're cursed you know what i mean this game's about being cursed and and look at this effect you had on this person that you may have loved and gave them some blood or look at this person that you just thought was going to be an errand boy and you gave him some blood and if you really like use what ghoul's fatal addiction tells you you can make it to where a player will think twice about having a ghoul when they see what happens. I think that's a really great point because when I was playing the game, the way I started out playing, that book hadn't been released yet. And um, we approached ghouls as uh, points on the uh, retainer merit, you know? And the way that, that that merit or that background rather worked was one dot equaled one retainer (laughs) you know and so it was really easy to say oh i get like seven seven background dots or whatever oh i'm just gonna fill in some little bubbles and this little bubble right here is gonna be my bodyguard slash assassin and this this (laughs) bubble right here is gonna be my wheelman slash driver and uh these were kind of these like faceless kind of stock characters right that um we're almost like the equivalent of like sort of, you know, leather jacket wearing villains with five o'clock shadows from some sort of like, you know, Stallone movie. <laughs> which, which would be rad, but yeah, I feel what you're saying. Well, I mean, they're just there to die. Yeah, right? yeah they're, they're, they're there to there do your bidding. They're there to kill them. Yeah, 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 exactly. 
So uh, we didn't put too much thought into those things, and we and we certainly didn't give them characters or give them lives or or ever conceive for a moment that those uh, dots would raise their hand against us. They were they were like robots that we could send out into the world to extend our will, and. Um, the Ghoulsfield Addiction book really flipped the script on that whole thing because it, suddenly you were like, not only is this thing uh, not just a mindless errand boy, as you put it, but it's like a living, breathing creature with all sorts of its own motivations and, 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 and in fact, a very, very dangerous obsession with you that will, on a long enough timeline, bite you in the ass, right? Yeah, yeah, perfectly. I mean, like, perfectly. It's... It's a weird dichotomy, man, between the, the the core theme of the game and and really seeing it out in the open. You know, like I just I ran a vampire session, just matter of fact, this last Sunday, and there is a character who has a ghoul uh, NPC. You know what I mean? And I'm basing the NPC loosely off of the BTK killer and like shit that I read in like the Mindhunter book and watching the Mindhunter TV show on Netflix and all that stuff. And I really wanted this, this, this weird relationship because if a player, I don't want to say if a player is good, but if a player is interested in delving into like their character and really like certain subconscious aspects of their character, they can use a ghoul to explore that too. And so like this character pretty much ghouled this, 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 this gentleman, I hate to call him a gentleman, but this guy who was at one point a serial killer and basically did it as like a punishment to like, to, to, to break him and to like break him of his habit. You know what I mean? And, and it's, and I had, I got to explore in the, in the session where like you could tell this ghoul was addicted to his vitae, you know what I mean? But I also made it to where like certain looks or mannerisms could show that that ghoul wanted to be a little rebellious just to show that, you know, because in a psychopath, sociopath's head, they think they're God almost, you know what I mean? To those around them. And then they're indent- they're, they're, they're addicted to this vampire's blood. And it's like this, it's not this easy relationship. That's my point. You know what I mean? Like this, this vampire toys with them, but then sees this little rebellious. It's just by like the way that the ghoul looks at him or just the, the way the ghoul's mannerisms, like he love hates him, you know, it's, 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 it's really complicated, you know? Yeah, absolutely. And it should be. And I think that that's one of the ways that the vampire game, uh, in any iteration of the game, in any iteration of the game from first through third through 20th through Requiem, it kind of falls apart because there's this uh, urge inside of the game to re- reduce NPC characters down into these dots, right? Yeah. And I think I think when I bought the second edition screen, it came with this little kind of like pamphlet thing that was called something like Contacts and Victims. I kid you not. Uh, I, I'd have to find it. It's it's around here somewhere. Anyway, it was just like it had these little mini character sheets in them that were like humans that you could encounter. And the whole idea was you could really quickly either just pick one up as a player character and play him as a human, or you could turn one into a ghoul really quickly, or with just adding a few dots, you could turn one into a vampire really quickly. But that was the closest thing they ever did to having a source book that was basically just, like, victims, you know? And I really wish that they had done something like they did with Ghoul's Fatal Addiction for just human beings that live in the city that you are hunting, 
Because you're a fucking vampire, man, for Christ's sake. You're supposed to be hunting these creatures, right? You are an alpha predator in an ecosystem, okay? Blood points. What the fuck is a blood point? It's not a thing, <laughs> you know? What is it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He just wants to treat the NPCs in a vampire game like they're juice bags, like they're little Capri Suns that you can just walk around and just collect the points, you know? But you shouldn't be allowed to do that. You've got to put a fucking face on it. you got to put a story on it. That's the whole point of the game. And if you don't do it, you're missing it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, you know, and it's really like it's... You know, for storytellers and players who who may be listening, you're really doing yourself a disservice if you don't take the opportunity to expand on those dots. You know, like <clears throat> a dot of herd, which is someone you can feed off easily. Give that her, that member personality, and and you'll never know. You you don't know what kind of stories may bloom from that. You know what I mean? And what kind of yeah. st- I mean, it'll do the work for you as a storyteller at times. You know, if you give that dot of personality. It really does, and I think that there's a lot of these games, kind of like Dungeon World and apocalypse world that are kind of like like now here we are all these years later and they're trying to kind of like break down role playing by saying like oh the give all the players all this agency to kind of create the world that they've that they inhabit and i think that the white wolf games 10 15 20 years ago already had that they just never said in the storyteller section make sure to share the agency and I think that there were sometimes storytellers would do things like, oh, you're going to put all these contacts and allies down on your sheet. Uh, I'm going to write who they are, and I'm going to write what they're doing and all this other shit. But the games that I ran, some of the greatest like role-playing shit that came out of those games was when people were allowed to take those dots and turn them into agency of creating the game of like, Oh, I have an ally. That's like a corrupt cop who works the night beat. And he like, you know, he, he, he moves the wheels of justice in my favor, you know, and I have a herd that's like a weird kind of vampire cult that like breaks the masquerade and they worship me in a fucking basement. I mean, that stuff's fucking great. You can just write shit all day long. You don't even have to come up with a bunch of fucking Deus Ex Machina plot devices for your for your players to jump through because all that shit writes it for you, you know? Yeah, yeah. I, I, well, you, amen. You know, like, amen. Because when I first started running Vampire again recently, I had a really hard time at first. Like, I don't want to say handy control because it has, like, a negative connotation to it. Like, I'm trying to, like, you know, not share anything. But, you know, you're nervous. You come up with a story, right? And you don't, you're afraid that the story's going to break. That's every storyteller, you know, game master, dungeon master's worst fears that the story's going to fall apart or whatever due to player choices. But if you end up, like, having that faith with your players and your players, and you know your players are the type of players that you want and you trust them, like, that hand that ball over because man i'm telling you like that sabat game i just wrapped up like a lot of that game was just the players running with something and it was it led to very very awesome situations which i'd never even thought of man you know so you know that's a great segue right there you do a lot of stuff in the white wolf community now right i mean if i may you uh do a podcast that features something like four to six actual plays that are kind of rotating at any given moment. Is that right? Yeah, yeah. We 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 have actual plays that we have completed. We have man, four that we've completed. I think four. They're, they're done. Five. Five that are done. Five that are done. Two vampire wow. Yeah, five that are done. 
and we currently have two that are going on at the moment and one that's about to start so we're going to be running three at at, at once uh you know where uh three weeks of the month a new one will come out and so uh what's the name of that podcast so people can find it yeah it's called twin cities by night it, you can find us on iTunes, you know, SoundCloud, all the different apps. It's all out there. And the reason why it's called Twin Cities by Night was that was the first two, like, stories that we ran and completed were from the Twin Cities by Night Chronicle. And actually, we just picked it up again this Sunday. But, yeah, so it's called Twin Cities by Night. And uh, there's a bunch of crazy stuff on there. Because when I first started listening to your pod, when you first started putting it out as a pod, uh, there was, like, nothing. There was there was there was very very little in terms of White Wolf content in terms of Vampire the Masquerade content. Either the podcasts that were out there for actual plays were like really shitty, or they were over. They'd been over for years and years, and you weren't gonna get any new content. And then in come your your podcasts, and then all of a sudden it's just like oh my god, you're like you're embarrassed for choice because there's so much stuff. You guys do so much stuff, right? What do you guys do? So we have, oh man, I know sometimes I feel like a crackhead with the, with the shit that I do on there. Like people are probably like, stop putting stuff out. But I'm just like, I don't like, think fuck anybody's it. thinking that dude. It's, yeah. Those are good actual plays. Those are like legit actual plays. Well, thank you, man. That means, that means a lot. Um, the, the, we have two vampire, the masquerade camera, uh, arcs done we have a chronicles of darkness one called the ultimate evil that takes place in 1987 in bismarck north dakota and kind of deals with the satanic panic of the 80s then we had a victorian age vampire game that one of the players and and the vamp uh, one of the players in the group became a storyteller and that's one thing that we do now where i'm not just the only person storytelling we have di- different storytellers but anyways we had victorian age vampire diluted ran by a gentleman named quinn uh, then we had the Sabat game that I just wrapped up recently called Wars on Fire that takes place in 1942 in uh, Mexico and Texas. And then we currently have a Changeling Lost game, which I talked about earlier. Um, that was ran by my buddy Adam. Shoutouts to Adam. And then we have, I just started up our third story arc for our Vampire the Masquerade Twin Cities by Night game, Diluted, which I'm really happy with how that went. And we're about to start a Hunter's Hunted 2 game called corruption but not only do we do that i always have to have something to fucking do man i'm like one of those fucking people man like i don't want to stop because I'm, I'm afraid of what happens when you stop doing things so i am i have a podcast called the brian diaries where i invite people brendan here was a was a was uh nice enough to be a guest on there where i try to take people that are involved in a way in like the white wolf you know, actual play content creation and have them come and speak to something that I feel that they can educate people on. It's not quite as much like an interview podcast, but it's more of a like, hey, let's discuss this. And you're like the subject matter expert. And so we we got that going on. And then one final thing is I have just this little side project called the Brian Book Club, where um, I take a, a book in the horror genre and I'll kind of talk about how I feel it can be used to inspire World of Darkness games and Chronicles of Darkness games. And we just, luckily, and I was kind of pleasantly surprised, uh, White Wolf recently retweeted a tweet that I made about that, just kind of have an idea, like, hey, if anyone would like to do a guest one and your content creator come on by. So uh, we Josh Heath just re- uh, from Werewolf the Podcast just recently did one on HP Lovecraft's Necromonicon collection. Uh, Matthew Dawkins, the gentleman gamer, 
uh, mentioned that he wanted to do one. Um, we'll just see where that goes with that. So that's everything cool. that I got with that. <laughs> so so wh- why the Brian Diaries, man? Because I remember when I saw that and I was like, but your name's not Brian. <laughs> yeah, it's an inside joke for those of who have listened to our actual plays. I had a horrible, horrible problem with naming NPCs on the spot or just naming NPCs in period. Like, I came up with these NPCs for the first vampire game I ran, and I don't know what I was thinking, but I had, like, four NPCs named Brian, and then I would just, like, think of Brian <laughs> on top of it, so it became, like, this joke in our group, like, which which Brian, you know? And and, and so, uh, it's like an inside joke. If you're listening to this, you know, you know it now, but, like, yeah, so that's why we call it, like, the Brian Diaries, the Brian Book Club. It's, a, like, a little light take on... Usually, you know, we run, like, kind of, like, personal horror, kind of serious games, so usually it's, like, a light take on the fuck-ups I had. <laughs> I really, I really dig that um, book club one that you're doing, man. There's just like, there's nothing like that on the potosphere right now uh, for horror games that I'm aware of. Uh, there's a number of sort of like appendix N book clubs for fantasy gamers and for for OSR guys and for D and D guys, but uh, yours is the first one that I know of for horror gamers, you know? And I think it's just really exciting. And, I, and I've and i seen the numbers on some of your listeners, and I think that your listeners find it exciting too. Yeah, I appreciate it, man. Thank you. It's, um, you know, I was going to talk about this when we, when we talk about the White Wolf group, but I'll kind of delve into it a little bit now. It's like being a, you know, in a way, like, you know, I listen to you and the Tabletop Radio guy. Shout out to them. I listen to them whenever a new one comes up. And I heard your guys' joint podcast you did. And you guys were talking about, like, the voice act, you know, voice actor kind of uh, job title that if Indeed did a study on Twitter, they had find, like, voice actors probably the highest, you know, growing <laughs> job career. I'm not a voice actor. I'm not calling myself a voice actor. I'm, my point I'm getting to is that, like, you go on Twitter and you go on social media and you see a lot of people involved in, like, in, in, in role-playing just role-playing games, period, I guess, content. And so much of it's, like, regurgitated stuff. And I'm not knocking people, and I get it. Something works, and it's working, and you want something to work too, fine. But not every actual play is going to be critical role. You're not going to be a professional voice actor. I'm never going to be a professional voice actor. I don't have the setup. I don't want to be that. I want to somehow, like, do something different. Now, my actual plays, there's probably people who run actual plays like that. You know what I mean? But my point is that, I, you know, it's hard to see what you can make your own. And it was actually like an idea that you said, I think you said it in the, when we had an interview, you said something more like talking about books that inspire or some shit. And it just like set this like chain in my head. And I'm thinking to myself, like, you know, what can I do that hasn't been done before? Has anyone done that? And I'm like, these would be shorter and they'd be more like edu- <laughs> educational. Listen to me. I'm not trying to sound no, upon. Edu- yeah. Oh, come on. Yeah, yeah. Come on. Yeah. I see what you're saying. Yeah. yeah. It's informative. It's inspiring. Yeah. You know, I mean, I, 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 apparently I had something to do with the thought process that set that entire podcast chain into motion. And I, when I saw those coming up, I was like, this is a fucking bomb idea. And I'm not going to lie. I was like, I was like, I wish I had had this idea. And so it's that cycle of inspiration. You know what I'm saying? I inspire you, you inspire me. And who the fuck else even knows who's like hearing this podcast right now and getting ready to run a vampire game. Who knows? You know? Yeah. You go do it. You know, don't let exactly, man. Don't fucking, just positivity and be positive and, and get shit done, man, you know, and that will kind of lead into the, the Facebook group. But, yeah, man, amen, exactly. 
Dude, but before we move on to the Facebook yeah. Facebook group, you're gonna you're gonna let me come on and do one of those Brian diaries, right? Fuck yeah, dude. I, listen, and I'm gonna say this, dude. You know that I've I've asked you if you and the reason I ask for it to be people who do content that somehow is inspired by like White Wolf slash horror gaming is because I think it's it's like way to educate people, man, and also just like, dude, you are were heavy into the music scene. I was a little. You know, thought I was a little punk rock kid, you know, way back, way when I was in my teens. And, you know, the big thing, you know, you know, uh, support the scene was everything that people said. And and that's, yeah, yeah, exactly. yeah, yeah and that's the mindset I have, man. Like, if I can help out my brothers and sisters who, who do similar shit and give them a voice and, and, then, and then in return can help players who need to be inspired, then fuck yeah, man. You know, like, let's do this. I'm totally 100% about that. So if you're listening and you're White Wolf slash horror content creator, if you write a blog, a fucking podcast, a video series, if you fucking write for the goddamn companies, man, fucking hit me up, man, and, and, and the camera's yours, dude. How how can they get at you, dude? Twitter is probably the best bet. You can find me on Twitter at twin underscore cities underscore VTM. Uh, hit me up. I got my DMs to where people who don't follow or I don't follow can hit me up. So hit me up, man. I'm there and uh, I'm uh, I'm I'm a laid back dude. And 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 yeah, you want to do it? There's nothing that I get from it, and it just we get to help people out. So that's awesome, you know. Killer, killer. So um. You have also been doing all this stuff with uh, White Wolf's kind of like online presence, huh? I mean, White Wolf as a game kind of shot itself in the foot as far as I'm concerned when it decided it didn't want to be in stores anymore, and they moved their platform entirely to online, which I don't know how you get new players that way, but uh, uh, right now White Wolf as it exists currently is an experience that exists entirely on the on the interweb right uh, for, yeah i mean like the scene and the and the way that everything's done i mean shit i guess you can call print on demand the same thing but yeah oh i definitely do yeah <laughs> um yeah definitely it, it has a huge online presence you know i wouldn't say that i'm a, i'm a, like a part of it but yeah definitely there's a huge online presence to it well i mean tell us about what you're doing man because i think it's really interesting what's okay so i mean here's the thing is uh each true hollywood story i was there at the beginning i remember when you first started your facebook group and i remember when it had like a couple hundred people in it and now it's like <laughs> this big fucking roving monster that like that's it's 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 like a fucking giant goddamn corp, <laughs> corpse pile man an animated corpse pile and uh, so, so I've I've seen the whole thing. So tell tell everybody else about it, and 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 let people know how they can get involved. So before I start, I'm gonna leave, change my will, and tell my wife and my will to have you write my tombstone thing. Because man, you make things sound epic, dude. So just have <laughs> you tell my life on my tombstone. Uh, so basically, what happened is when I started running actual plays. Well, actually, when I started our actual play two years ago, almost to the day, um, we didn't start playing online to like share it wasn't the r10 i hadn't played vampire in 15 years i just randomly sent a thing out to to look for players i found four players thank god they were just they were sane and they end up being and they're still my friends they still play in the game but we recorded at the time on youtube because we wanted to be able to reference it if we ever had a question about anything that's all it was for and that's I start- smart i gotta say that's really smart yeah yeah i mean if you're playing online you might as well funny thing is we and, and shout out to slavic we almost didn't because we couldn't figure one little thing out and so none of this would have been there if we wouldn't have figured that little thing out and i almost quit and he found the fix so which is awesome anyway so uh after like a session or two of running i started noticing because like i want to i, I want to 
find other people who do the same thing and see how they do it and see how I can do it better or not better, but like how I can make myself better by doing it. And so I saw there's a lot of YouTube actual plays, like you said, that were old, you know what I mean? That have been on there. Yeah. And also I found that when, and I'm just going to be fucking blunt, dude. Right. And I told myself, I'm just going to be blunt here. Cause usually I try to sugarcoat things. Be blunt. That's I, what we do, man. I found that while, when I went and shared on Reddit or when I went and shared on the Onyx Path forums or other like um, other um, forms of social media, while we did pick up people who would watch and thank to those listening who have watched, awesome, we picked you up. But we also dealt with some negativity. It wasn't even like negativity because they watched our shit and said it sucks, which I'd much rather have them do so I knew what to fix. It was more like you just get this passive aggressive like fucking just attitude from people and then it's like how dare you try to like do something and share it or like how you know even and i'm not going to say names but even people who are part of the scene like like the of the industry i guess and 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 a couple of them were just really rude and 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 so you're just like i don't want to rely on people like that i don't want to have to rely to put my stuff out there i don't i'm not afraid and i still share my stuff out there on sites like that but i want to make somewhere where people can find stuff like that you know who can find like like a netflix of of something because even like on the facebook groups like the old world of darkness one and the vampire the masquerade one people share stuff and it's drowned out like in a day by like random post and then your stuff doesn't get the attention that that you want to get and so what i did was i i started the facebook group and we uh and my attention at first was i'm going to go find media and i'm going to sh- put it on this facebook group and then people can find it so i was like like posting links from youtube and from like like podcasts i found and then eventually i'm like why am i like doing this why don't i invite these content creators to come and share it on their own and they can interact with people who are watching their stuff and have a way to interact with them and and then it just took off man like you said i mean i remember we were excited there was like 100 members and now we're almost at 2000 and we got people sharing stuff daily dude and and like you know i'm still scouring the internet dude i still scour youtube once a week i still scour twitter i'll do i have my little word document i have my search the searches I do, I just copy and paste. And if I see someone created some new content, I'm like, hey man, come on by and share it here. And 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 I think it's I I am happy with it, and because I feel like it doesn't like it doesn't rely on any fucking asshole having to be involved, you know. And we try to well, keep. I mean, you don't you don't want to like be beholden to anybody. Exactly, exactly. And I think that that's one of the reasons why Full Metal RPG hasn't like gone in search of kind of like acknowledgement from any of the bigger gaming companies you know what i'm saying because we don't want to like taint where it is that we're coming from you know we want people to be able to listen to this podcast and kind of and, and be like oh those guys are going to tell us how it is you know they're not they don't they don't bend their knee to anybody you know what i'm saying yeah yeah that's like exactly man like if 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 white wolf and and you know they've 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 shared some of our stuff on 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 twitter or people involved in white wolf have but if you I don't feel like I, I don't want to use the term belong, but if they want to acknowledge what I do, I much appreciate that. You know what I mean? And that's super fucking rad. You know what I mean? But I don't need, yeah, of course, I, always. I don't need to constantly tag someone every time I post something in hopes that they'll share it for me or share it for my group. I want us to, to if we do succeed, I want it to be due to uh, our work and determination. So, and that's what this media group is for. And this media group, and we also like take means to like avoid negativity. You know, like um, if someone's just going to be a dick, we'll ban them. And we haven't, they, oddly enough, we haven't banned that many people 
in the whatever how long we've had the group and so it's just a positive place and sometimes i'm at work and i'll go like scour through and it's like netflix I'm like oh hey look here's a podcast oh hey here's a vampire actual play and you're and I, and I hope that it helps people out so well i don't doubt that it does man because like when i used to work in a warehouse and i used to do a lot of shipping and i spent my time like filling boxes and there's this time when you're like okay i got a three hour strategy ahead of me before I can punch out, I want. I'm just gonna like put on a podcast and like just drift away. You know, what I'm saying I just want to hear a vampire adventure or some shit. And uh, it's it's great to be able to go to a spot and just find them, and they're there. You know, what I'm saying that you can just boom, just dial in, use them. That's great. That's a, that. I mean, that's a service. And I remember when we were when Adam and I were doing Shadow Sworn, and we that was in the that was in the good old days when they were like you know. Hundred less than a hundred people on there. <laughs> yeah, and I know. I know we got listens on Shadow Sworn because of that. You know. Yeah, man. It's uh, it's it's it's, yeah, it's cool. And, and, and now there's like seven of us mods, and it's just it's a democracy with the Jesus, other mods. Seven yeah, mods. Yeah, yeah. Son of a bitch. But it's not. It's like I don't even really consider it mine anymore. To be honest with you, man. You know, like every decision we make. Every decision we make, we talk about it equally when we take a vote and we don't blow shit off and we just want the page to keep being how it is and, and with it being cluttered. And, you know, you come across something new every day and we decide whether or not we'll allow it or not. And, and that's what we're there for and we're easy to deal with. And, you know, and even if someone like posts something that's not allowed, you know, we have an approval process, we'll reach out to them if we don't approve it and be like, hey, I know you wanted to post this, but this is why not. And you could probably find information here or here. And we try to keep it super positive, man, because weirdly oddly enough man and i wasn't expecting this when i got into role-playing games late in life a scene full of people that are usually kind of like looked down upon by society are sometimes full of a bunch of toxicity man and i refuse to let myself to become like that you know not the white wolf scene <laughs> yeah, dude. Yeah. you couldn't con- you couldn't possibly be talking about the white wolf scene. yeah i know there, there, now there are some great people i like to reiterate i'm not saying the whole scene there are some great people in the scene but there are some some people that like i think take more waste energy on being negative when there's no reason to be negative you know and, and maybe it's the world of darkness uh, yeah. maybe it's we're dark <laughs> <laughs> the world of darkness well, man, our time's kind of running to a close. Uh, let me let's just wrap for a second about like um, World of Darkness versus Chronicles of Darkness, man. Like, uh, I feel I feel like a lot of your content is aimed off a lot at World of Darkness. Why not Chronicles of Darkness, man? Where's your Chronicles of Darkness love? I mean, uh, the the I mean. To be honest with you, at the time it was just because I I didn't know it, you know, fear of the unknown, you know what I mean? Like I ran, I ran. Like one common question I get is, why don't you run V twenty? Why do you run revised? Because I fucking that's when I played. I played revised, and that's what I know. People ask you that. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Where the V twenty at? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah, (laughs) what's the fucking difference? That's what I'm saying. I mean, we barely do dice rolls, dude. It's like fucking (laughs) perception alertness is perception alertness. I know, right? But um, I eventually ended up running a Chronicles of Darkness game because in our group we have like a lot of people like Chronicles of darkness i mean there's some that are just like like love it and so i ran that mortals game which by the way that chronicles of darkness mortals game ultimate evil is by far right as of now the the my favorite game i've ever ran you know what i mean where i'm like wow that's awesome yeah i went out of my comfort zone so uh but now we're currently playing in changing the lost and i'm telling the guy adam uh who's running changing the lost uh vanity like dude when you're done running this you gotta run like 
demon next, or you got to run like all these other, you oh, know, demon the descent, yeah, the, the descent, or or Geisen eaters, or fucking, or or I want to play like the small New World of Darkness games, or uh, uh, what's the one, Promethean, the Prometean, created. Yeah. I want to play like these small games, and he's like, because he won't shut up about them. He's like, dude, I'm reading this book every. I'm like, quit talking about because I want to play it, motherfucker. You know what I mean? Like, you're gonna have to run it next, you know. But I love yeah, it. Just having these conversations over, the, you know, because this is the second time we've we've had, we've done this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> and I gotta say, it's like a lot different the second time around. Um, you know, it's making me want to get back into these games. You know, I mean, we were talking about Changeling the Lost a lot the last time, and unfortunately that's gone. But still, I I came away from that being like, fuck, I need to get myself a goddamn Changeling the Lost book. I don't have one, you know, because um, that's a great game. That's a great game. It's a great horror game. You know, I think that uh, I think that when you're doing if if you want to get into mythology and you want to like really fuck around with mythology, like nothing can beat the world of darkness. I think Shadowrun gives it a run for its money. Um, the tabletop radio hour guys are talking about how Seventh uh, C gives it a run for the money, and then of course there's the never-ending slog that is Forgotten Realms and Dragonlands. But I th- I really feel like Vampire the Masquerade and the World of Darkness material is just mythology at eleven. Um, but if you want to run horror, if you're a horror gamer, you got to run Chronicles of Darkness. It's all about that Chronicles of Darkness. Hey, man, I'm not going to lie. And, and this this is a little segue for me to, to put you on the spot. I was, listen, I was listening to you on the, the tabletop radio hour. And you is that mage game you guys playing going to be an actual play that's going to be shared online? That's my understanding. Ooh. That's my understanding, yeah. Mage, mage the Ascension, too, nonetheless. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> You know, and I think I I I re-listened to that episode when Adam and I were on Tabletop Radio Hour a couple weeks ago. Which you guys, if you want to check out their feed, you can find us real easily. Um, I was listening to that podcast, and there were a number of questions that, like, I was like, eh, I don't know if that was like my best answer. Um, and definitely some of that bled into how I responded to to Mage. Um, so there's a bunch of sort of like retconning I want to do on Mage. And uh, some of that feeds into um, that uh, that Brian book club that I want to be on, dude. Because I, I after after having talked so much about the Invisibles, I really want to come on the show and uh, and uh, and review the Invisibles for you guys, dude. You you got to you got to man. Like um yeah, we'll talk once we're done, man. But yeah, dude, do it because like. Magic with the K, homie. You know what I mean. But I mean, I'm joking around. But you know, I ta- I kind of delved into yeah. it very, very slightly with From Hell because there's like little like hints of it in From oh, Hell. Sure. But yeah. like, dude, if you went on there and did that, hell yeah. I mean, we'll talk afterwards, man. Like, I'm 100 percent sold on that. Killer. All right, man. While we're running out of time here, I am gonna do the wrapping it up thing. So, um, guys, FMRPG cultists. The time has come. The If you're listening to this, either the Patreon is live or it is just hours away. So please, over the next few days, go on to patreon.com, look for us, Full Metal RPG, and check out our Patreon. Uh, Adam and I have spent a lot of time and committed what will no doubt turn into hundreds of manpower hours to commit to content generation for you in exchange for uh, your support of the podcast. Now, once again, everything... I, I just feel like I need to reiterate this. Adam and I, we don't make any money on this podcast. And it takes a lot. 
And with each year that has gone by, it takes more and more. Um, and at this point, our equipment is like not great. The uh, loss of the original audio that Chris and Adam and I did is due to the fact that our equipment is aging. And uh, we want to do more. We want to do better. Every single cent that goes into that Patreon will be put back into the show. It will be put back into creating more content, different content, better content, more creators, more opportunities to interface with us at conventions around the country. And then we want to start breaking into that most crazy of frontiers video so we need your help to do it please if you if you if you feel connected to the full metal rpg experience please check out our patreon and uh if you're able to please please make a contribution there um as usual if you want to interact with full metal rpg uh in real time the best place to do it is our Instagram, at FullMetalRPG. I am on there daily, and I am doing my very best to keep up with you guys' uh, PMs and requests. Uh, you can reach me for business stuff, uh, FullMetalRPGOfficial at gmail.com. If there's uh, some kind of promotion or deal that you want to work out, uh, that's where you would get at us there. Uh, our fan page is on Facebook, FullMetalRPG. You know what? I think that's about it. What What do you think, man? Chris, you got anything you want to plug? I just want to. I don't need. I just want to say how thankful I am, man, for you to have me here. Like, I was telling my peeps online, this shit's surreal. I was listening to you, cats, when I was get just getting back into White Wolf and using you guys as the shining example, the shine. What do they say? The city on the hill <laughs> to like what to what to to aim for. And I mean, and I'm still reaching up there, man. It's great. Well, and yeah, thank and you now, for coming and, here. And now, now the scales have been lifted from, lifted from your eyes, and you see just you know from me at all. Is fuck no! I played fucking Vampire the Masquerade <laughs> with Brendan Carrion, man. That's fucking that's the bomb, and I'm gonna hopefully play more games with you, bro. So I'm excited, man. Yeah, hopefully, and I am uh, really happy to have uh, made friends with you, and I'm really happy that you reached out when you did, and that we were able to meet up through the the fucking magic of 21st century interconnectivity. Dude, yeah, that could waste more time telling that story and how that blew my mind, but I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Chris. Thanks for coming on, man. I appreciate you. All right, brother. Thank you. Bye.